love my church because it doesn't matter what you look like or what you wear. We are all there to learn about God. We hear the truth. I also love my church because not only did I gain my salvation and was baptized there, but an uncle very special to me was also saved and baptized at Summit. I love my church because of the awesome youth group and the amazing youth pastors. I mean, everybody felt equal and can walk each other and brother and sister with you I love my church because we rock out on Sundays. We love our church because LAUGHTERS! I love my church because of the friends we've met there. Especially those we've gained in our life group and not not join the group. Hey guys, hopefully you got a uh, you got a Bible with you. If so, you can go ahead and take your copy of the Bible and open that up to John chapter 17. John 17 uh, is where we're going to be today. We're going to be in verses 20 uh, and 21 is where we're going to be at in just a few moments, but we're not going to get there uh, right now. We're not going to get there right now. John 20 uh, and 21, uh, John 17, 20, 21, but we're not going to get there right now because... Um, to, to start out with, first thing I want to do uh, today, I want to, uh, um, I want to play a game today to, to get us started. Can we play a game? Play a game? Right? Five people said yes. So for the five people that said yes, maybe uh, all the hundreds of others will wake up in a minute. Um, but here's the game we're going to play, okay? Because I need some, I need some audience participation uh, this morning for what we're going to do here. I'm going to show you uh, um, some logos on the screen, and you are going to know the logo, okay? You're going to know the company that the logo is for, and I don't want you to yell out what company it is. I'm going to tell you what the company is, okay? But you'll know it just when you see it. But here's what I want you to do. As soon as you see the logo, I want you to yell out what comes to your mind when you see the logo for that specific company. So when you see it, I want you, whatever comes to your mind, I want you to say what is in your mind. Unless it's like nasty and stuff. I mean, we're in church. Like, you need Jesus if that's you. All right. But, 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 but if it's acceptable, you know, so like if I, if I show a, a, a McDonald's logo and you think French fries, you yell... You guys are awesome, man. You guys are awesome. So here's the first one. Here's the first one I'm going to show you. Nike. Now, what comes to mind? What was it? I, I hear shoes. I hear shoes. I hear Jordan. All right. All right. There we go. There we go. Right? But here's what happened. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. couple hundred people in the room, and what I heard were basically the same answer. I heard tons of people yell shoes, and a lot of people yell Jordan. You might have yelled something different, uh, but those first two were right, and you were wrong. Um, so, <laughs> you have a microphone, you need to make up rules. Uh, here's the next one, here's the next one. Apple. Okay, what comes to mind? iPhone. So, somebody said a broken iPhone. There you go. Bummer, bummer for you, okay? But, but did you see that? Did you see the same thing? Hundreds of people, but basically the same answer. Here's another one. Disney, what comes to mind? Okay, I hear Mickey Mouse. Disney Channel, all right, all right, that one didn't work so well, let's go on, um, let's go on the next, okay, KFC, I knew I got you on that one, all right, that's why I closed with the good one, I was like, Disney, I don't know, but all oh, the chicken, there we go, so KFC, chicken, does somebody have chicken legs, right, that's your favorite part of the chicken, somebody, so, see, I told you, man, see, somebody's into it, but KFC is chicken, all right, but see, here's the thing, here's the thing, um, Pretty much with every, every one of those, and listen, we could keep going on and on and on, but that's the last one, all right? But we could keep going on and on and on, but here's what happened. Here's what happened. Hundreds of people in the room this morning, I don't have the final number yet, but there's a lot of people here today, but similar answers. What, there, there wasn't a lot of variety in the answers that people gave. At best, three to four different ones. But you would think in a crowd with hundreds of people, there'd be a lot more different answers, but there wasn't. That, that, that wasn't true. And the reason that that didn't happen is because these logos, these companies, and like I said, I could do this all day long, but the companies that we just now showed, they basically do 
one thing. They've basically got one thing, maybe their hands are in a few other things, but basically one thing that they do really well. There's, there's one thing that drives them. There's, there's one thing that they know that's why they exist. I mean, I mean, think about it. You don't go to KFC to get pancakes, right? Right? I mean, chicken pancakes. Now, that would be awesome. Can we just say that those are probably going to be in heaven? But you don't go to KFC to get pancakes. You go to KFC to get chicken. <laughs> chicken legs. Right. Listen, I don't know who that is, but you've got to get them some chicken legs before the sun goes down because they are hurting for some chicken legs, man. Dang, yo. Chicken legs. Get some get chicken legs stacked is what we need. All right? But you go there for chicken. And the reason they do that, the reason that is, is because they know why they exist. But here, here's the tragic thing. Here's the tragic thing. The tragic thing, the tragic thing is that right now, right now, in, in this state and in this country and all over the world, People are going to churches, people are in churches, they're in the same kind of similar environment that you're in right now, and so many of those churches do not know why they exist. So many of those churches don't know why they opened the doors that morning. That Sunday's going to come again next week because it just seems to come one time a week. It's on a pretty good rotation. And when they open the doors next week, they won't know why they've opened the doors then either. They might try to spiritualize it and say, Jesus... But if you press down a little bit, so many churches don't know why they exist. Now, maybe you're hearing that and you're thinking, well, listen, there's a huge difference between the church and KFC. And I would say you're right. Because if anything should know why it exists, it should be the church of Jesus Christ. If anything in the world has a clear reason for this is why we're here and this is what we do, what we do, it should be the church of Jesus Christ. But too many churches don't know why they exist. Now see, you might be here, and, and maybe you're not a spiritual person, you're, you're here, you're not a Christian, somebody invited you, you've been kind of making fun of this underneath your breath, and, and listen, if that's you, I want you to know I'm pumped that you're here today. Pumped that you're here today. We started this church for you, I'm glad that you're here, and, but maybe you're here and you're like, listen, I don't care about churches. I, I don't care if churches know whether they exist or not, okay? Well, if that's where you're at, here's another tragic thing. It is a tragedy that so many people go through their lives and they do not know why they exist. They, they wake up every day and kiss their wife. I mean, I mean, you better be kissing your wife, all right? If you're kissing a wife, it better be yours. Stop it if you're not, all right? That's not the sermon, but stop it in Jesus' name. Kissing their wife, kissing their kids, kissing the dog. I don't know what you're doing, right? Clocking in, going to work. Same lunch every day, clocking out, going home, sleeping in the same bed, making money to pay the bills. You got a nice house with a nice picket fence. You got a nice car. You can take some vacations. Retirement looks like it's going to come. When you planned that it was going to come. But if you're honest, there are moments when you lay your head down on the pillow and you ask yourself, I wonder if this is it. I wonder if this is why I exist. Because I'm getting everything everybody tells me that I should get, but it still feels like there's something more. It's a tragedy that so many people go through their life and they don't know why they exist. You hear it from a lot of people on their deathbed who look back over their life and they say, if I could do it all over, I'd do it different. What if today, what if today, you can make the decision to live in such a way that on your deathbed you would look back and say, I wouldn't change a thing. You can do that today. You can do that today. And, and what we're going to do today is I want to take you, we're closing out our series, I Love My Church. It's been a big deal for us, and, and I think it's been a really uh, clarifying thing that God's used in our church. But what I want to do, I want to take us to a place in the Bible that maybe you didn't know was there. I want to take you to a place in the Bible that, that maybe you didn't know something like this was in the Bible. Because did you know that there's a, uh, there's a place in the Bible where Jesus prayed for you? Did you know that? Where Jesus prayed specifically for you, sir. For you, ma'am. Did you know there's a place in the Bible where Jesus prayed for Summit? 
So I want you to see the thing that Jesus prayed that you would have. I want you to see the thing that Jesus prayed that we as a church would have. And so if you've got your Bible, I want you to go ahead and take your Bible to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, and we're just going to be in two verses, verses 20 and 21, and they're already up there on the screen. And listen, we say, we say this every week. If you don't have a Bible, right there in the back of the auditorium, we have free Bibles, and you can get one of those on your way out today. If you even have a Bible you don't understand at home, you just take one of those on your way out. That's a free gift from us to you, okay? I want you to take one of those today. But John 17, 20 through 21 is, are the verses we're going to be in today. And let me just set the stage for what's going to happen here in John 17. In John 17, Jesus is praying, and it's the day before he's going to be killed. This is, this is the night before Good Friday, the night before Jesus is going to go to the cross and die for you. And so this is Jesus, and Jesus is praying. And so we get some, some really intimate moments with Jesus and God the Father in this passage. And Jesus is praying. And here's what you need to know. This is such an intense moment for Jesus. I mean, it's so overwhelming physically and emotionally and spiritually because Jesus knows what's coming. I mean, Jesus knows that while He's praying this prayer, Judas is leading a pack of people in the woods to arrest Him right now. He knows that's just minutes away. And he is overwhelmed. And the Bible says in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Gospels, it was so overwhelming for Jesus that Jesus literally began to sweat, to sweat drops of blood. He was just physically overwhelmed with what was before him. And so Jesus prays in the first part of John 17 for the disciples. And he prays for the disciples in the first, first 19 verses. But then in verse 20, a, a transition happens. And starting in verse 20, Jesus prays for every single person who would ever believe because of what the 12 disciples said and wrote. Every single person in history who would ever trust in Jesus because of what the 12 disciples wrote that's in the Bible, Jesus prays for them in verse 20 and 21. And you need to know, that's you. You're here, and if you've got a relationship with Jesus, you're a Christian, you believe. Maybe you don't even believe. You're just kind of giving this a test drive because you've heard. You're just kind of checking this out. This is Jesus praying for you. And, and out of everything that Jesus could have prayed for us to have, look at what tops his list. All right? Let's read it. John 17, 20, and 21. This is Jesus praying. He says, I do not ask for these only. I'm not praying for only the 12 disciples, God but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you, Summit. That's you right there in the seat. Watch this. Here's what he prays. That they may all be, what's the word? One. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Out of everything that Jesus could have prayed for you and I to have, he prays that we would be one. He prays that we would have oneness. He prays that we would have unity. Listen, I don't know if you realize this or not, but unity is powerful. Unity is powerful, and Jesus lets us know how powerful and significant it is when Jesus says there in the middle of verse 21, He says, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. See, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what Christians call the doctrine of the Trinity. Okay? And here's the doctrine of the Trinity, real quick and very confusing, because nobody gets this, okay? Proof that God wrote the Bible is stuff that we don't get, but we just talk about. So here's what the Trinity is. There's one God who exists as three distinct persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct persons. Do you understand that? If you say yes, you are lying. Nobody understands that. Okay? But that's what God says is true. We're just going to believe God's right. And Jesus says, God, we're united. I mean, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, they love each other. They think each other is dipped in awesome sauce. And they look at each other all the time and they say, you're the man. No, you're the man. What's up? And they're just pumped about each other because they think they're tremendously awesome. 
Because they're united. They're on the same page. They've got the same mission to try and to save the world. And Jesus says, Father, I pray that they would be, they would be one just like you and I are one. And here's what he means. Churches that are united show God to the world the best. Churches that are united show God to the world the best. I mean, think about this. Jesus is praying that the church would have unity. Churches aren't known for unity, are they? Right? Aren't churches known for hating each other? Right? I mean, have you ever been to... Man, I, man I've, been to, I've been to business meetings where I thought they were going to have to set up the octagon and we were going to throw down. Right? Over the color of the carpet. You know what I'm saying? I bet, I mean, in a crowd this size, everybody's got their church split story. You have friends, and you know this is true. This is, how, this is why this is a big deal. You have friends who say this. Hey, I don't want anything to do with Christianity because I know Christians. And if you guys can't get along and you claim to know him, I'm out. Don't you know people like that? This is, this is powerful. It's so powerful that Jesus goes on and he says, Father, if they're one, look at what he says at the end there of verse 21, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Listen, if a church has the oneness that Jesus is talking about, that church can change the world. If a person has the oneness that Jesus is talking about, that person can change the world. And see, when Jesus talks about unity, here's, here's what you need to know. When Jesus prays, Father, I pray that they would be one. I pray that they would be united. He's not praying that we would have the kind of unity where we would, we would all like each other, wear, wear matching sweatshirts, and sing Kumbaya all day. Okay? He's not praying that we would all hold hands and cuddle. Because that's weird. He's not praying that. Right? Here's what Jesus is praying. Jesus knows that nothing brings unity like knowing why you exist. Nothing brings unity like knowing why you're here. Nothing brings clarity than knowing this is why we exist. This is why we're here. And so Jesus prays, God, can you just fix the church on the one reason that they exist? Can they just have clarity of here's why we're in the world? And so here's what I want to do today for us at Summit. I want to talk about the reason we exist. I want to talk about as a church the one Thing, the one reason why we open our doors, why we started this church, and why we're here. Because here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. I believe, and if you've been to church, if you've been coming here for a while, you can testify to this. Some, I believe that we've seen God show up and show off in the past year. Amen? I believe that's true. I believe that's a big deal. Listen, 100 people make first-time decisions for Jesus, 100 people baptized, running about 550 to 600 people every week, one year, one year. But here's what I know, here's what I know. Our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. The biggest things that we'll ever experience haven't even happened yet. Jesus is not tired. Jesus doesn't look at the past year of what he's done at Summit and say, Woo! Man! Holy Spirit, you do. I'm tired, man. I need some Gatorade. Jesus is not tired. I think Jesus is just getting warmed up. I think Jesus is about to do more in and through our lives and in and through this church than we've ever asked, dreamed, or imagined. I think that Jesus wants to do things through this church that we've only read about, but now we will be a part of it. But I want to talk today about the one thing that's got us started, the one thing that's carried us through this past year, and the one thing that will keep us going into the best days that Jesus wants to bring. And so I want to talk about really two things today, and they're connected. The first thing is that we have one hope. We have, as a church, one hope. And that one hope that we have is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one hope that we have as a church. I mean, think about this. Hope is really popular, isn't it? I mean, everybody wants hope. Um, I, don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you got the memo, um, but did you know there's an election in a couple weeks? Did, did anybody know? I just heard the other day. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. Right? Of course you knew. Can we just text message in and get it done with? Right? But there's, a, there's an election in a couple of weeks. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I don't care what your political party is. Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, 
Swiss cheese. I don't know. But I don't know where you're at, but every candidate at the end of the day offers one thing. Hope. Hope. Because everybody's looking for hope. Every person in this room is looking for hope. Some of you might think you've already found it. You've put your hope in your job. The job that you have, or the job that you'll hope you'll have by this time next week, you just don't know. You've lost the last job, and you're hoping for the job that's soon to come. Maybe your hope is in your money. And, and, and you, have, you have this number that's in your bank account, this mental number, where if your bank account is at this number or higher, woo, you've got some hope. But the moment it goes below that number, you're staying up late. You know what I mean? Maybe your hope is in your money. Maybe your hope is in your athletic ability. Maybe it's in your GPA. Maybe it's in your looks. That was not for everybody, just a select few. Right? But everybody is looking for hope. Every person in Hazard, every person in Perry County is looking for hope. Every person in every county around us is looking for hope. And the only hope that anyone has is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only hope we have in this life. Jesus is the only hope we have in this life. And listen, you don't even have to be a Christian to know that's true. Because some of you already have everything that everybody told you can give you hope, and you're still searching for hope. Hey, man, you get this kind of job with that kind of paycheck, then you'll be set. You've got that job and that paycheck, and for some reason, you're not set. You're, you're still hungry, satisfies for a season, but you're like, man, that's got to be something more. Jesus is our only hope in life because no matter what comes and no matter what we lose, if we have Jesus in this life, we can never lose Him. And Jesus is our only hope in this life so that if we have everything else but we don't have Him, then we really don't have anything. He's our only hope in life. Listen, not only is Jesus our only hope in life, Jesus is our only hope in eternity. Because did you know that hell is real? Did he just say hell? Did you know that hell is real? Hell is just as real as the chair that you're in right now. Just like there's a hazard Kentucky, just like your address where you live, there is a hell. And, and, and when we die, we're going to talk about the next series we're going to do here in a little bit, but one of the sermons in the next series is called What Happens When You Die. When you die... God doesn't pull you into a corner and say, hey man, listen, hell is real hot. Don't go. You want to you change your mind? Change your mind? Rethink the Jesus deal? That's not going to happen. You don't get a second chance after you die. And when you die, no, we all don't go to some ethereal, mystical existence where we all just float on clouds all day and we've got angel wings and we eat cream cheese. That's not what happens. There is a heaven, there is a hell. This is heavy, but hey, sometimes the truth is heavy, and you need truth. You don't need me to fluff it up. Hell is real. And real people go there. Good people go there. People who go to church every Sunday go there. People who do things in Jesus' name go there. Why? Because if you die and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never asked God to come into your life and to forgive you for your sins, if you die without giving your life to Jesus, we all are going to stand before God. And when you stand before God without Jesus, you'll think back to this moment and wish with everything that you had that you could have changed your mind and given Him your life. Because when you stand before God, you're going to realize that the one reason that He made you was to know Jesus. And if you miss Jesus, you've missed it all. But there, it's too late. And you'll spend eternity separated from Him. Jesus is our only hope in life and in death. I, 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 bet, I bet there are people in the room, I wonder if there's anybody in the room, and you're thankful that somebody told you about the hope that you can have in Jesus. Is there anybody thankful for that today? Somebody told you about the hope that you can have in Jesus? I wonder, I wonder if there's anybody in the room, you're thankful that somebody brought you to Summit because it's at Summit that you heard what Jesus did for you. You gave your life to Jesus and you've never been the same. Is there anybody thankful for that this morning? All kinds of people are thankful for that, right? Because Jesus is our one hope. We don't have a hope without Jesus. And Jesus is the one who has started this. Jesus is the one who has done this. And Jesus is the one who wants to do more. So not only do we have one hope, but we also have one vision. 
We have one hope, and we have one vision. See, because every time you go to the Bible, every time you see somebody that meets Jesus and gives Jesus their life, the same thing happens. It's like a broken record. It's like a one-hit wonder. It's just the same thing over and over and over. When somebody gives their life to Jesus, Jesus transforms their life. It isn't that they become perfect and instantly they've got it all together. But listen, and you need to understand this. Nobody has ever met Jesus Christ and stayed the same. That was awesome. Say it again. Nobody has ever met Jesus Christ and stayed the same. If you're interested in just not going to hell, living your life the way you want to, you need to check your conversion. Because nobody's ever met Jesus and stayed the same. Why? Because when you meet Jesus, Jesus transforms you. But, and this always happens, every time Jesus transforms us, every time anybody has ever met Jesus, he transforms them and then he sends them out to transform the world. To make, to make a difference. To, to transform the world with the same message about Jesus that's transformed their life. Jesus transforms us so that we can transform the world. I don't know if you knew it, but that's our mission statement as a church. Summit Community Church exists to see people transformed by the gospel and equipped to transform the world with the gospel. We say it this way. Transform people, transform the world. Everybody say that with me. Transform people transform the world see because what happens when jesus left heaven two thousand years ago jesus did not come and hang out with a bunch of christians jesus didn't come and hang out with a bunch of pastors and and deacons and talk shop you know who jesus always hung out with prostitutes jesus always hung out with the town drunk jesus always hung out with the worst of the worst, the marginalized, the people that nobody wanted to go to. Jesus just had this laser-like focus with his life that I'm going to go to people who are not like me. And the proof of that is that he came after us, right? I mean, I'm not like Jesus. And I mean, I, I'm not up here today because I've got it all together and I've arrived and I just stand up here every Sunday yelling at you, why can't you be like me? Maybe that's your church background. Listen, I've not arrived. I'm on the journey with you. But he's come after us and he's transformed us because he has this laser-like focus to go after people who are not like him. And Jesus has called our church to have a laser-like focus on the unchurched and the dechurched. The unchurched people who have never been to church before. That's why we say every Sunday, that's why we said it in this series. We will run to the mess. You can come with your addiction. You can come with your baggage. You can come with the smell of what you did last night still on you. This is the church for you. We exist for you. We will run to the mess. Why? Because we're going to go for people who are not like Jesus, the unchurched and dechurched. People who used to be in church, but some reason or another, something happened, they got burned, somebody treated them wrong, and they've walked away. That's the story of a lot of you. You walked away at one time, and summit is you kind of trying to get your way back in. But see, God has called us as a church to focus on and to reach the unchurched and the dechurched. And see, I don't know if you knew this or not. I don't know if you knew this or not. But every single Sunday, and they're here today, every single Sunday we have people that drive to summit both ways one hour. It's from their house to summit is an hour, and when they leave, if they go back home, they might just move in the form, I don't know. But when they leave and they go back home here in just a moment, they're going to drive an hour. We have people that come every single week to summit. They even come to life groups. But they're here every Sunday. They're here right now. They drive an hour to summit and from summit back home. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And listen, so we've been praying as a church, and we've been thinking, God, can you clarify... And what I call it, I call it the war zone. God, can you clarify our war zone so that we can know this is where we are going to make a big difference? We're not going to stop here. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But God, you have put us here to make a big difference right here. And here's what we believe as a church. We believe that we can reach people who live in every direction within one hour in every direction from where you're sitting right now. From where you're sitting right now in Hazard, we believe that we can reach, make a difference, make an impact on unchurched and dechurched people who live in every single direction from Hazard within one hour. 
Did you know that in Perry County, 80% of Perry County is unchurched? 80%. And did you know that every county that surrounds Perry County, that same statistic is true? Doesn't matter what county you go to that surrounds Perry County, 80% of that county, those people don't go to church and they do not have a relationship with Jesus. And so I, I asked myself, I wanted to know. I asked myself, I said, self? wonder how many people that is. I wonder how many people right here in Perry County, within an hour every direction, I wonder what the exact number is, that number of people that do not have a relationship with Jesus that are unchurched. And we figured out that number. We did. You want to know what it is? It's 500, here it is coming up on the screen, 575,114 people. You thought I was joking. 575,114 people. 575,114 people that do not know Jesus Christ, that do not know the one hope that a lot of you just clapped about. These are your friends. This is your family members. These are your classmates. These are your co-workers. These are people that you don't even know yet, but God has put us here to reach 575,114 people. And so you know what we're going to do? We're going to reach the 575,114 people. You say, how are we going to do that? We're going to do the exact same thing that's led us to where we can say 100 salvations, 100 baptisms, and about 600 people every week. How's that happen? Every one of us in the room saying, I'm going to reach my friends, I'm going to reach my family, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to bring people to church with me. We say this all the time, B.A. what? Be a bringer. Be a, how many of you have brought somebody to Summit and God saved your friend, family, coworker, whoever you brought? Raise your hand right now up high. Look at, all that, look at all those hands. All those hands going up right now. Listen, you should be a bringer. Every Sunday, you should try to bring somebody with you. Every Sunday, you should try to bring somebody with you. And listen, right now, we've been praying about, we've been talking behind the scenes. Very soon, we're going to have to go to two services. Two services, same song, same sermon, every Sunday morning. Why? Because we're running out of room. It's starting to get really tight in here. There's 850 seats. Well, ain't you going to stop at 850? You're so cute. Huh. Huh, huh. No. We will stop trying to reach people when hell closes. Okay? But until then, we're moving, man. We're moving. And so soon, soon, I'm praying it's before Christmas. We have to go to two services. But if not, here's what we're going to do. On December 23rd, we're going to have two services that Sunday morning. Why December 23rd? Because a lot of people, some of you used to be these people. You think, I need to go to church. I'll go two times. Easter and what? Christmas. December 23rd is when some of your friends are thinking, that's when I need to go to church. And on December 23rd, we're going to have two services if we're not already having two services. And you need to begin to pray this because we are praying for it. I've been praying about it for months. We are praying and planning and getting ready for on December 23rd. We're asking that 1,000 people are at Summit that day. 1,000 people at Summit that day. Because listen... By this time next year, by this time next year, we're praying that our weekly attendance is over a thousand people. Because there is no reason at all, there's no reason at all that there shouldn't be a church in Hazard where thousands of people, I didn't say thousand, I said thousands of people don't come together and celebrate that Jesus is the one hope that we all need. There's no reason that there's not a church and that we can't be that church where thousands of people come and worship and celebrate Jesus. So bring people. But listen, not only are we going to bring people, we're going to go to people. We're going to go to where they are. Did you know that there's, it's not an accident why you go to school where you go to school. 
It's not an accident why you work where you work and why you live where you live. In Acts 17, it says that God determines the boundaries of our dwelling places and the allotted periods of our lives. What that means is this. God, before he, planned, God before he created anything else, planned where you would live, planned where you would work, planned that you would live at this point in history. Why? Because he has sent you to where you live, work, and play to reach those people. God has sent you to where you live, work, and play to reach those people. And so Monday morning, when you go to school, God wants you to make an impact in your school. When you go to work, when you go home, because some of you are married to an unbeliever, some of you have kids that are an unbeliever, you go home, God wants you to make an impact in your house. We won't just bring people, we'll go to people. I'm praying... I'm praying that God would bother enough of you right here. I'm praying that God would bother enough people so that enough people would step up and say, I will lead a life group or I will host a life group in every school, every place where somebody that comes to Summit works, in every neighborhood, within that circle, within an hour's direction from Summit, in every direction. I'm praying in every school, every place where you work, in every neighborhood, somebody would step up and start a life group. You say, we can't study the Bible like that at my school. We can't study the Bible like that where I work. Listen, you can get together before school starts or before you clock in and pray. And when you pray for your workplace and you let other people know, hey man, how can I pray for you? Just watch what God does. Just watch what God does. Some of the biggest movements that have changed the world started with a group of people who met early in the morning and prayed and God turned the world upside down. In fact, God put it in your Bible. It's called the book of Acts. Some of you, some of you, you're praying that God would change the world. Are you willing to let God let you be the answer to that prayer? 575,114 people that are around us right now that do not know Jesus and God's called us to reach them. But listen, Jesus doesn't say, hey, once you get to the edge of that circle, stop, man, because that's too much. That's cray-cray. That's crazy. Take a break. God doesn't say that. God says, listen, you should reach the world. You should try to reach the world. Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples and make a difference. And so that's why outside of this circle, and you've heard us say this before, a key part of our vision as a church is to start other churches in strategic locations that can make a difference. And so right outside of this circle, we will start other churches in this region, in this state, and beyond that can make a significant difference. You say, give me an example, all right? We've been praying for a while that God, within next year, would bring us the resources to either start an extension campus of Summit or a completely different church with another name, but we started it in Pikeville. Because there's no reason that something like this isn't going on in Pikeville this morning that's reaching thousands of people. You say, we don't know those people. Hey, you know what? Did you know that people gave money and started this church that you've never met? Aren't you thankful for people you've never met? Because without people you've never met, we wouldn't be at the forum. So let's do something for people that we've never met, that we've never met, that we might not even get to meet until heaven. Let's do it. Let's do what nobody else has done. And listen, not only in strategic locations in this state and beyond, my prayer and our goal is that within two years, within two years, we will begin to send teams from Summit outside of the country to other countries and start churches all over the world. Why? Because Jesus told us to go all over the world. I hope you know, you didn't just come to church today. This is a movement. And we will change the world. Our goal is not to be a big church, but our goal is to make a big difference. Make no mistake about it. We will not shrink back into church culture, sing some nice songs, hear some nice sermons, and go home and live our lives. We will make a difference. So you need to know, you need to know, listen, listen, listen. When you give, when you give, this is why you give. 575,114 and millions more. That's why you give, so that we can reach those people. When you volunteer, this is why you volunteer. If you don't give, this is why you should start to give. If you don't volunteer, you should take your connection card, flip it over right now and check a box put a jersey on, and get in the game like we talked about last week. Why? Because we are going to change the world. Because here's what I know about you. Here's what I know about you. Deep down, every person wants their life to matter. 
We said this in the first sermon of this series, so we're going to end this series where we started this series. Every person wants their life to matter. Teenager, young adult, senior adult, men, women, children, you don't want to get to the end and realize you blew it. You don't want to get to the end knowing that you get one shot at this. You get one shot at this, and you don't want to get to the end and realize that everything you live for, you'll now lose. What I know is that you want to live for things that matter and that will outlast you. Listen, there is nothing more significant, there is nothing more monumental than giving your life to the one who gave his life for you. And to live for the cause that he came to earth for, to save you, to save the world. He poured himself out to do it. Imagine if everybody gave. Imagine if everybody served. Imagine if everybody said, this is my church. I know this is really weird right now. This is about to probably get really awkward because there's a lot of people. This might be your first time here. You might just be checking out. Maybe you go to another church. Maybe you go to another church. You heard this is a cult. You're like, dude, dude, are they giving out Nikes this morning? Because I need a pair. We chased the comet in in next month, but not today. So come back in a month. Um, But listen, listen, you're here. You don't go to church. And you plan next week on going back to your church. Do you know what you should do next week when you go back to your church? Give, serve, and volunteer because Jesus told your church to change the world too. Hey, that church changes the world, but we get to sit down at our church. Listen, listen, listen. If you go back to your church and you do that, that's called disobedience. He's given the same... The vision might look a little different. We're unchurched. This is our vision. Your church's vision might be a little different, but mission is the same. Make disciples. Change the world. So if you're here, man, you're from another church, take this home with you today. You're here, maybe this is your first time. You're just giving this thing a test drive. Well, I'm going to come back to you in just a second. But let me talk to the people who regularly come. And let me challenge you. And, and I make no apologies that this is the challenge today. I'm not even going to apologize that this is the challenge. See, I want to challenge you with this. I want to challenge you, if you say, you know what, I go to Summit. I'm in, I'm in with Summit. I want to challenge you not to just go here. I want to challenge you to belong here. I want to challenge you to step up and say, you know what, that is my church. And that vision is my vision. And I want to make a difference right there. I want to make a difference right there. I, I, want, I want to impact my school. I want to impact my neighborhood. I want to impact my world. That is my church, and that's my vision. Some of you, maybe you've already said that right after this service. We actually have in Discover Summit. If you want to become an official part of Summit, become what we call a partner, you need to stick around because you need to go through Discover Summit to make that official. Some of you, maybe you need to change your plans and go through that. But here's what I want to challenge you to do in just a moment. Do that or not. I'm going to challenge you. Just, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something visible and say, I'm in. Jesus, I want my life to matter, and I'm in with what we've talked about today. Some of you, though, You know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know that if you died today, you don't know what would happen. And Jesus loves you so much that he brought you here so that he could change your life. And all you need to do is to go to him today and say, Jesus, forgive me, come into my life, and save me. Here's what I know in a crowd this size. I know there's a lot of people in a crowd this size. You used to be really on fire for God and really passionate, and you're not this morning. And you haven't been in a while. Listen, Jesus is worth more than just a Sunday. Jesus is worth more than an hour. He is worthy of our lives. And if you're at a place now where you're not as passionate for Him as you used to be, you've kind of walked away, you've drifted, you don't know what happened, I want you to know He hasn't moved at all. And today, by just going to Him saying, Jesus, I want to come back, He says, well, let's go. I haven't left. I haven't moved. And you can get that relationship back on track today. But Jesus has not brought us here 
and created us so that we can just go through this life wondering why we exist. He's brought us here and created us so that we can be about the one thing that's worthy of our lives, Him. And as a church, He's given us a vision to change the world. 575,114 people. And the ball is in our hands. Let's move it down the field. Would you pray with me? Let's pray, church. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that right now, thank you that right now you are speaking and you are, you are moving. And Jesus, I thank you for the vision that you've given us. You, you have not given us some vision to start a service or a church where we just sing some songs and go home. It's just a couple people and we leave. Jesus, I believe you want to do something bigger than we've ever seen. God, don't let us limit this because we quote-unquote live in a small town. Jesus, it has always been in the most unlikely places with the most unlikely people that you, have, that you have done unlikely things. So why not here? Why not Hazard? Why not us? The only thing that's in the way is are we making ourselves available? Jesus, we want to be available today. We want to make ourselves available right now. And Father, I just pray for people. Maybe they're here. They've been coming to Summit. They've heard this. Maybe this is their very first time, but they hear it and they say, man, I'm in on that vision. I want, to, I want to be a part of this. I don't know where people are at today, but God, I pray that you would not leave us alone. I pray that you would move and that you would do something significant right now. You know, church, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, um, there is just something about making a public commitment. There's just something about taking a public step and doing something that seals it in your heart, that seals it in the hearts of the people around you. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everybody to look up right now, and you'll notice that while you had your heads bowed and eyes closed, we've had some people get up, and at various points all through the auditorium, we've got some boards that, set up, that are set up, and they say, I love my church. And those people, there's baskets with, with uh, pins and, and other things in those baskets. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you're here today, maybe you've been coming here since day one, maybe this is your first time, but you've heard what we've talked about today, and you've said, I'm in with this vision. I'm in. I want to make an impact. I want to make a big difference. I'm in. Will you get up out of your seat right now, come up to one of these easels, come up to one of these boards, grab a pen and write your name on one of these boards. Do it right now. Do it. Don't even pray about it. Just do it. Make your, let's make room. Say, hey, bro, you got to move because I'm about to write my name on a poster board. And you do it. Some of you are not going to move. And listen, that's fine. Everybody doesn't have to do this, okay? Everybody, if you don't feel like you don't be peer pressured into anything. But if you're saying, I am in, then from the front to the back, you come. We've got them at all points in the auditorium. You just come and you write your name down and, and get out of the way really fast because, man, there's tons of people that are coming right now. To say, I'm in. I want, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Just your name. And we'll take as much time as this takes. There's some right there behind. There's some here right up front. Hundreds of people are coming right now. And I believe it's worth it. I believe it's worth it to say, hey, I, I'm in. I'm in on this vision. You just keep coming. Go ahead and get the band out here. All the band, if you guys, you guys go ahead and write your names on there. Keep coming. Tons of people are moving. Tons of people are moving. From the front to the back. This is awesome. This is awesome. And I'm telling you it's worth it. So let me get some of the guys out here real quick in the band. guys keep the band is going to play right here while you're moving you just be obedient say man i'm in i am in and just thank god for what you're seeing right now just continue to moving as the band plays
grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear? The hour I first Chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. seat really quick quietly just for a moment before we let you go so you guys still still have people moving but you guys once you're done signing that just go back to your seats there because here's what I know here's what I know I know that in a crowd this size, maybe you're here and this was an awesome movement that we just saw, all those people saying, I'm in. But maybe you're here and you know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, today, the invitation, I'm going to offer you the chance right now to begin that relationship with Jesus. And all you need to do is right there where you sit, right there where you are, you don't need to go and try to clean yourself off, but right there where you sit, if you know that you need to become a Christian today, you want to start that relationship with Jesus, here's what I'm going to do. Let's all bow our heads and pray real quick. Everybody bow your heads, every eye closed. And if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, right there where you sit, you just pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me. I give my life to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody is looking around. Did you just pray that prayer? Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, as soon as I say three, you raise your hand up into the air really quick. Nobody looking around. It doesn't matter if they do. It doesn't matter if they are. 
But as soon as I say three, if you, if you prayed that prayer, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, you raise your hand into the sky really high. One, two, three. Do it right now. Anybody in the room, raise your hand. There's one, two, three. Keep those hands up really high. Four, five. Anybody else? Anybody else? Six in the back. Anybody else? Raise your hands really high. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, seven right here in the front. Anybody else? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Nobody is looking around, but I want you to know that if you just raised your hand or maybe you didn't, you questions, what I want you to know is that Jesus, every time somebody followed Jesus, Jesus called them to do it publicly. And so right now, if you just raised your hand or maybe you didn't, I want to challenge you right now, get up out of your seat, stand up and make your way to the back of the auditorium. There are people who want to talk to you right now. We've got, and all we want to do is put a free Bible and a book in your hand to help you with the decision you just made. Because listen, you didn't, you didn't end something, you started something. So if you just raised your hand, people are moving right now. People are on the move right now. If you just raised your hand to say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus, get up out of your seat and make your way to the back of the auditorium. There are people there right now who want to talk to you and help you take the next step. Summit, people are moving. Let's give it up for them right now. Let's let them know this is the right thing to do. This is the right thing. Man, it's been good to be here. Has it been good to be here today? Man, this has been awesome today. Um, now, here's what you need to know. People are in the back right now, and we're going to give them all the time that they need. But here's, here's what you need to know. If you want to stick around for Discover Summit, it'll take a little bit to set up that transition. But we've got lunch for you today, a free lunch. We're going to give lunch to you today. If you want to become an official partner at Summit, member membership, we call it partnership here. You want to be a part of that, just stick around for Discover Summit. Here's what I want to say to everybody. Right now, uh, everybody, when you walked in, you got a connection card. Uh, would you just take a moment right now and fill out that connection card? Take that card out front and back. Fill that out and any information that you gave up, any, any information that you would be willing to give, we're more than thankful for that. And if you're a first-time guest, if you're a first-time guest, check on that card where it says first-time guest. And when you leave today in the lobby to the right, we've got a free gift for every first-time guest. Uh, stop by that table and say, hey, it's my first time. We've got a t-shirt for you today at that table if you're a first-timer. But listen, every single person that leaves, every person that leaves today, we've got some things for you. What we've got for everybody that leaves, we've got invite cards for our next series because we're going to reach 575,114 people one of the ways bringing them. So next, series, next week we start a series called FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions. On the back of those invite cards, every question we're answering in that series, the first question is why do bad things happen to good people? That's a big deal. All right, starts next week. There's a table right in the middle of the lobby. Grab as many of these as you possibly can to give away. Here's what everybody else I want you to get. We've made up a magnet that says 575,114, one hope, Jesus, one vision, transform people, transform the world. I want, every, I want one of these in every house, on your refrigerator, wherever this can stick. And every time you see it, you pray that God would save those people. And that's right out there in the lobby. All right, as you guys leave today. Hey, I love you. Let's stand. Let's stand to our feet. Band's going to let us go. Don't forget to grab invite cards and the magnets if you're sticking around for Discover Summit. Give us just a minute.
not filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like stranger in the night. And praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Bye.